begin. All right. Um, welcome to the Nico's Thoughts podcast featuring my guest Miriam from uh, my high school and also my elementary school. So uh, I've known her for a while, but, you know, middle school was different. How are you doing? I'm doing good considering everything that's going on. How, what about you? Um, I'm doing fine. I kind of expect the world to be messy at this point, so nothing really surprises me. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so we're going to be talking about Israel-Palestine, which is a more hot-button topic at the moment. Though, you know, referring to it, referring to it as that kind of does it a disservice. But um, yeah. I guess let's begin. So first question I have is... Uh, what is your connection to this issue? So I'm Palestinian. Both my parents are Palestinian. My mom was born and raised there, and she came here to start a, like, to start a new life, have a family, something like that. And I go there almost every year. So I have majority of my family there, and I have a lot of connections there. And so this is a very personal issue to me, especially since I'm very concerned and terrified for my family back home. And yeah, that's my connection to it. Uh, yeah. Um, my dad told me that on my grandmother's side, there was Mediterranean and slash or Palestinian blood there. So I'm not, I've never really been sure about my ethnicity, but I've been told that I ha am of Palestinian descent as well. So, so cool. um, I'll try to be, I guess, unbiased in what I say. And I'll try to be correct. I did some research for the last hour like just making sure I got all the things I wanted to say right, all my facts right. And I guess my first, my second question, I would guess would be, um, well, I kind of wanted to, it's kind of hard to start on a topic like this because you don't want to really just get into the bad stuff based yeah, on it. Yeah, that's understandable. So I guess, what are your favorite aspects of that region? Like, Palestine, historic well, Palestine, Israel. My favorite aspect of the like issue or of the of place. The, the place in general. Yeah. Um, so like I said, I have family there. And so majority of my family lives there. So I know a lot of I know people there. And also it's just a very beautiful place, especially the beaches. Like me and my sisters and my cousins will go cliff jumping at the beach, which is always so much fun and um everyone there speaks like arabic so it helps me speak in my like first language and it also helps me like catch up like help sorry helps me keep up with like my arabic to make sure i don't lose that part of myself and it's also just like a change from being in new york which is so busy and filled with people to up and like nobody really knows anybody to a place where majority of people know each other like when you go there everyone knows their neighbors everyone knows the people in the next town over like everyone is close with each other and we're kind of it's it's nice like that I guess if that makes sense yeah there is definitely like the United States in its entirety is an extremely unique country in the fact that it's sort of on its own and how the country works yeah like Essentially, the United States is a multicultural state that convinced everyone that they are of the same culture. Pretty much. That's a very accurate description. So it's like that really hasn't happened before. And sure, there are subcultures of America, but America mm -hmm. and Americans are Americans before they are anything else, generally speaking, yeah. which That's is really true. weird historically. That's kind of where the U.S. derives its power from, as well as its overwhelmingly superior geography. But um, from what I understand, that region, the the region of Palestine, is a largely desert area with yeah. some rivers, as well as the Jordan River between what is now Palestine, Israel, and this country of Jordan. Um, I. I've heard many nice things about the place. I haven't been there myself, but um, I'd love to go at some point in the future. I'd like to really travel around the world, honestly. 
but um, I guess let's get off of that and get into the meat of the issue. So I'll, I guess I'll ask you the question of what's going on in Palestine at the moment. So right now, I mean, this has been happening for the past 70 years, but now it's getting a lot more media coverage because of social media and majority of people having phones and recording devices. But as of right now, places like um, Sheikh Jarrah, I'm sorry, I'm pronouncing like the Arabic way, um, but like people are getting forcibly removed from their homes by settlers, which isn't fair. They're not allowed to, they're just, ha settlers are coming into their home with soldiers and saying, get out. This is my house now with no documentation, no records, no nothing about whether this house belonged to them before, if it's rightfully theirs. And a lot of medias are saying, oh, they, they're not paying rent. They're not, they're breaking laws when they're really not just cover-ups for this forcible removal of these families from their homes. And so that kind of escalated into a lot of people praying at the Aqsa Mosque, which is a very important mosque to Muslim people because we have our prophets buried there and it's it's older than the, it's, it's a really old mosque and it's absolutely beautiful. I've been there many times. Um, so they were praying there for Ramadan because it's our holy month. Yes. And the, set, the soldiers walked in and were shooting rubber bullets and tear gas while people were praying and being violent. So that was, that helped, that helped escalate the whole situation. And now it's where everyone's seeing like on Instagram or Snap or TikTok and all over with all the violence and the bombings and the killing. And it's, it's absolutely terrible. Yeah. Um, it's a very, very awful thing to do that. Imagine walking into a church while people are praying and then forcibly removing them while doing violence. Yeah. Terrible. Like, and majority. When, when uh, let's, like, let's say the roles were reversed and Muslim, a Muslim government walked into a Jewish, a majority Muslim government was moving into a Christian or a Jewish church in the middle of a prayer service and forcibly removing them with the threat and act of violence. It would probably be covered a little differently in media. Yeah, we'd, we'd probably be seen as terrorists and a disgrace to humanity or something like that. And yeah. that's honestly such horrible double standards because it's like this whole Palestinian conflict, a lot of people try to make it to religion, but it's really not because there, there are Palestinian Jews, Palestinian Christians. I have yeah. friends in Palestine who are Christian and Jewish. Who My grandmother was a Palestinian Catholic from what I've been told. Exactly. So there are other religions and it doesn't matter what religion, who you believe in, what you believe, what your beliefs are. You're being oppressed no matter what. You're being killed no matter what. They don't care. They're not, the soldiers aren't stopping you. They have checkpoints in the roads and things like that. They'll stop you and search your car and hold you at gunpoint. And I've been subjected to that a lot of times when I went there. And they don't ask you, what religion are you? Oh, you're Catholic, go. Oh, you're Jewish, go. They just say, as long as you're Palestinian, if you have a Palestinian passport or you are not Israeli, they will stop you and subject you to a surge. And you have to constantly be afraid that you're going to get shot or killed or arrested, maybe. It's... Yeah. Yeah, it's just, that's terrible. That's terrible. Um, uh, I've heard a lot of people say that the term should like what it should be called is essentially like segregation uh i've heard that gaza is essentially an open air prison and that would be an open air prison with a population of over two million which is extremely yeah. concerning mm -hmm. the whole situation in gaza is absolutely depressing and it's the fact that they're bombing them on top of the hardships that they're already facing, like they're being cut off from food supplies and they don't have clean water. Yeah. The majority of them are poor. They don't have houses or their houses that they have are very broken down. They don't have food at night. Like us fasting during Ramadan, only having one meal a day, that's their reality. I mean, that's probably like a good day for them, having a meal, a full meal in a day. 
and they're being bombed with no shelter, no nothing. Like I get that Israel is being bombed too, but they have the Iron Dome, which intercepts a decent amount of the rockets. And they don't have as many deaths as we do. Yeah. But I actually have the numbers right here. This is from statista.org in case anyone was wondering about the quality and reliability of these. Um, the current injuries from Palestinians in this conflict since 2008 has been 120,286. Injured Israelis is 5,887. That would be almost a 20 to one injury rate for the Israelis, as well as there have been 5,590 Israeli deaths from 2008 to 2020 versus 200, I mean, 5,590 Palestinian deaths versus 251 Israeli deaths. There are currently 200, I mean, 2,747,943 Palestinians in the West Bank and around 600,000 Israeli settlers in the West Bank. Currently, this is, these are from the World Bank, these stats. Uh, currently, 2 million people live in Gaza where there was a 41 increase, 41% 41 increase in poverty due to the military apparatus around it by Israel. This number comes from a article that I saw from Norwegian Refugee Office. So this, like, it's clear that it's not a two-sided conflict in any reasonable term of the word. It is clearly just a one-sided conflict where Israel destroys the Palestinians and Palestinians while taking their land and kicking them out. Especially since we have no defense system, we have no army, we have absolutely nothing. Like we don't have allies like they do. Israel has the United States as an ally that gives them a lot of money from taxpayers. Yeah, I believe it's $3.1 billion a year. That's more than enough to make plenty of defenses against any small attack that the Palestinians can manage to come up with. I mean, I get at the same time they shouldn't, nobody should be hurting each other. But as you can see by the numbers alone, that the difference in the deaths and the injured and the injuries is huge. Yeah. It's kind of weird that because this conflict is very much a modern thing. There have been Palestinian Jews, Palestinian Christians, Palestinian Muslims that lived in the region for centuries before without many problems under the Ottomans. But once the British mandate came into power and came about in, 19, in the 19, after World War I, as well as the Balfour Declaration in 1917, which designated Palestine as uh, the um, national home for the Jewish people, like the conflicts kind of started after that. Yeah, and this isn't a problem with the Jewish people. It's a problem with the Jewish nationalism, otherwise known as Zionism. Yeah, because that declaration was a Zionist project. Yeah, majority, like, it's not, this isn't against, like, Jewish people. Like, not every Jewish person is an Israeli or a Zionist and wants to, like, Hurt the Palestinians. This is about Zionism and how yeah. bad it's gotten and how it's hurting a lot of people and other countries and Israel itself is trying to cut, like hide that. And it's just really like there's so much unnecessary killing, unnecessary violence for Zionism when it's it's just really pointless. I don't I don't know. Yeah, I guess the uh, um, Zionists see that whole region as basically their land by mm -hmm. religious right, which is kind of odd. Like, I don't think anything should just be given to a people group because of their belief system. I completely agree with that. Like the palace, the difference between a, the difference between a Jewish person and a Palestinian person is that a Jewish person, it can be either an ethnicity or a religion. Relig their ethnicity could be of many different things, but Judaism is a religion. 
Palestinians are an ethnicity that is local to the to that region. That's what that is what the definition of a Palestinian mm -hmm. is. Israeli is a nationality. Yeah. We don't have like I don't have a problem with any Jewish people. I don't have a problem with any Israeli people. It's just that having a nationalist sect that wishes to remove the millions of Arabs who live in that region is not a reasonable thing to have, especially in power in the strongest military country in the region. And a lot of people who aren't as educated on this, who have heard about it from the recent events that have been happening, have been trying to blame all Jewish people, which makes, which kind of makes our cause seem like it's anti-Semitic, that we're against a religion, and this, is, this whole conflict is just based on religion when it's really not. Yeah. And that's, that's not fair. Yeah. Um, people hijacking this, like the, the uh, outcry and outreach on this issue, hijacking that for their own nefarious purposes of being anti-Semitic. Uh, that's awful. Please don't do that if you do that. Yeah. Um, being against the, the illegal occupations of other, of a foreign, of a separate country's land by another country it's not anti-Semitic is asking for the consistency of international law to be applied because you cannot just settle in another country's land and just without no pro without any problems that's against international law that is an act of war by itself I mean, they've committed like actual war crimes, yeah. like in the bombing in Gaza a couple of days ago. The doctors were confirming that they were using white phosphorus gas, and isn't that illegal by the Geneva Convention? White phosphorus is a is essentially is very similar to a chemical weapon as well as a bomb. It's a chemical bomb, really. Um, from what I, from what I remember, let me look up the effects of white phosphorus. I'm pretty sure burning white phosphorus can burn through your skin all the way to the bones. Effects. Um, white phosphorus burns in air and will cause severe burns upon contact with skin or eyes. Um, it, it just, it burns you essentially. It's a toxic substance, it's a chemical weapon. Um, yeah, they've been chemical weapons have been banned by the Geneva Convention for a very long time. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, they just use them on civilian targets. It's no problem to them. They used them in 2009 as well when they bombed Gaza. Mm -hmm. They said they stopped using them, though. Doubtful. There's proof in the patients that are being treated that they have been hurt by white phosphorus, which is a chemical which is chemical warfare, which is a war crime. They, it's, yeah. it's hard to ignore at this point because it's the Geneva Convention isn't just recognized by Palestine and Israel; it's recognized by the entire world. Yeah, you can't use, you can't get away with things like this. Yeah, and expect people to be quiet about it. Yeah, you can't just get away with committing literal war crimes and be like, oh, just simply take the war crimes and if you retaliate against us you're the bad guy exactly yeah that's kind of the how it, that's kind of how it goes um it's yeah it's a terrible situation currently it's awful yeah. because the palestinians have no power israel has all the powers they are backed by the west in general and they can basically act with impunity because they're backed by the West, which is the major economic power. It's, and the fact that people are trying to censor it or cover it up, especially in the media, like I saw an article where it said, instead of Israel bombed um, 
Gaza and there was 20 deaths, nine, this was like when it was documented 20 deaths, I'm pretty sure it's like, it was it hit 30 something after like fully counting the deaths. But it said um, Hamas bombed Israel and there was 20 deaths and nine children dead when it was supposed to be flipped uh. with Israel bombing. Like they just switched Israel and Gaza to make it seem like we bombed them when it was them bombing us and the deaths were Palestinian people not Israeli people. Yeah. So people see that and they get outraged and they're like, look at these terrible people. Hamas is a terrorist group. I'm, I know they do bomb the Israelis and they should not be doing that. Yeah. But at the same time, like they're making us seem worse than we are and they're making us seem like we have more power than we do, more defenses than we actually do when we really don't. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing the Gazans can do if Israel just decides to wipe them out absolutely nothing we have no army we have no protection against anything yeah um i feel like there needs to be some there needs to be ref, like ramifications for forcible relocation and stealing of land as well as uh having an open air pr- prison with a population of two million and using chemical weapons banned by international law and basically going against international law in pretty much any way you can like it's pretty terrible the current policy of the israelis yeah the israeli government because i believe there was a there was a poll back in 2018 that i saw i don't have it on my chrome tabs right now but it said that it was only a small majority of israelis who wanted to like continue the illegal settlements and stuff um, there were like 52 to like 56% that wanted to continue with the illegal settlements and 40% that didn't, essentially. And it's like, I feel like those numbers are quite, well, they're high, but that still doesn't allow for, that still doesn't mean that every Israeli is in, on board with this. A very large, every large chunk of them aren't. There's almost half of them that aren't for this, aren't for the Israeli settlement, the extremist settlements. So it's not all the Israelis' problems. It's not all of them that are doing this to us. It's the government being corrupt and the powers of the world allowing that to happen, allowing just another Arab country to be war-torn and destroyed. Nobody cares. The reason why this conflict even exists in the first place is because the British didn't feel like honoring honoring uh, promises. Because the Arabs were supposed to get a unified state after World War One in exchange for revolting against the Ottomans, but yeah. they were carved up instead. That's why colonism is a problem. Colonizing like nations is a problem too, but yep. that's a discussion for a different day. Um, it's very, in, it's very actually, it's actually pretty integral to this discussion because that's where this conflict stems from. It comes stems yeah. from colonization and settler colonialism. Um, I wanted to bring up another example of a people group getting forcibly removed from their lands to somewhere else where they don't want to be um, by the power of a much stronger military and a much more organized society. That example is the United States against the Native Americans. That's very, that's, yeah. Very, very similar story, actually. Um, In which the settlers, in the Americans' case, white Europeans, and in Israel's case, and in Israel's case, it would be the Zionist settlers. And they managed to take power on the continent, or in this, in the American case, it would be the North American continent. And in the Israeli case, it would be the region of Palestine. Region of pa- Palestine was taken over after the 1948 and 1967 Arab-Israeli wars. And then 
the Palestinians and the Indian and the Native Americans essentially lost all power over their own regions. And then now they're being forcibly relocated. Looks very similar stories. Yeah, that is very similar. And yeah. the way the Native American versus white settlers ended, I don't want that to happen to the Palestinians because as a whole, it, it, we used to be a country. Now we're just a state that's barely recognized by many people in the world. A lot of let maps. Me, let me actually see uh, recognition for the... I'm going to just look this up real quick. The state of Palestine is recognized by 138 UN members. And I remember that the vote to make it Palestine a non-member observer state, um, the United States and the West in general wanted to stop that vote from happening, but it was such overwhelming from everyone else. It was so overwhelming from everyone else that they voted for them to become a non-member observer state. But for a country to become a UN member, it has to pass through the big five in the UN, which is the United States, France, Britain, Russia, and China. In this case, the People's Republic of China and the United States, France, and Britain veto their membership. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure a decent amount of um, maps, like I think Apple Maps and Google Maps don't say Palestine anymore. They say they West say, Bank and Gaza. I'm, they might have removed that too, but they used Take to say Palestine. I'm pretty sure one map removed it recently. And a decent amount of people were upset about that, but there's really nothing we could do about it. Okay. That goes into censorship too. Like a lot of people are talking about how their posts or TikToks and stuff like that on social media are being taken down or reported for disobeying community guidelines or something, and it's getting less recognition than it should, or the algorithm, algorithms are messed up, so only Arab people will see it, or people that follow majority Arab or Muslim accounts will see those videos and like it won't get out to other people. Yeah, I'm looking at this currently um, in Google Maps. There is actually a de facto border that is referencing 1967 borders. Okay. But I'm not sure about Apple Maps. I don't use Apple. I use Samsung. Hmm. Um, a lot of people complain about that for whatever reason. It's the same phone, guys. It really doesn't matter. I mean, come on, man really defending multi-billion dollar corporations because of the fact that somebody likes a different operating system. Really? Anyway, that's a very much off topic. Um, yeah, the history of the region is kind of interesting because during Roman times, I guess the Jews did live there, but thousands of years of history of them uh, them not living there really kind of makes it odd that they just come back and reclaim it as theirs. And only theirs, despite the dozens of years history of everyone else living there. Like I could go back to my family, like my great, should we great, great grandmother is still alive. Like my mom's, my my grandfather's grandmother. Because the woman in my family lived very long. Like we have very long lifespans. But um, she was still alive and she was telling me about how she remembers the Balfour Declaration and having, like, I was little when she was telling me about this, so I didn't really understand. But then as I was learning about it in school, I was like, oh, this is what she's talking about. But she said she remembers going to school and everyone just like it was like a big like seven days war everyone had to like block out their windows they couldn't go outside the whole like occupation was a big deal and everyone was absolutely terrified because they didn't know what was going to go on like they all thought it would probably go away after a little bit they would realize that this wasn't this wasn't right 
but here like 70, 80 years later, it's still happening and it's just as bad as ever, yeah. if not worse. Um, since no one decides to do anything about it from the people who actually have power in the region, namely the United States and the West, um, the has continued to get worse as more land is taken up. Um, something um, I saw from Reuters that about 58% of the West Bank was op- occupied by Israel at this point, with 42% actually being under Palestinian control. So, like, in their, even in their own region, Israel controls their own region, the majority of it anyway. So it's like Israel with pockets of Palestine that claim autonomy, but that autonomy could be removed basically whenever Israel wants. Though we're not without backlash from the Arab world and much of everyone else besides the West, and even a pretty large chunk of the West would be unhappy with that. Like I said, um, my family, majority, like majority of my family is in the West Bank and there are checkpoints like when you want to drive, you always have to have your passport with you or like some sort of identification and they can stop you whenever they want and they can take away your passport. I've had that happen to me, they took away my passport and then they like, I had to go down for questioning. I was 13 and I had to go down for questioning and the entire time they have a gun trained on your face ready to shoot without hesitation if you answer wrong, if you seem like hostile, if you don't want to answer a question, they don't care. They will hurt you. They don't, they just want to get, they just want to show you that they have more power than you, that they can do whatever they want to you and you can't do anything about it. You have to sit down and take it because they're, they have armies, they have weapons, we have nothing. Yeah. Um, I also saw from Reuters that in Israel, you like Israelis, like Jewish Israelis, were able, are able to claim lands that they can't that they uh, that they had before 1948, while mm-hmm. Palestine, while Israeli Arabs and Palestinians are not able to do so. So it's are it's unfair on that aspect, which is a more smaller aspect, but still, it just kind of shows the priorities of that government. It's like it's clear that it's not an equal society if that sort of law is in place. No, it's not at all. Yeah. And like you said, um, Israeli Jews are allowed to like, like to claim land, Israeli Arabs. My um, uncle is an Israeli Arab. Well, my aunt married him and he's an Israeli Arab and their kids are technically Israeli Arabs. They go to the school schools in Israel. They learn Hebrew and everything like that. And they even have citizen, citizenship, sorry. But they don't like, they lived in like a really small apartment and they were constantly, they constantly had to like look for new houses because whenever the neighborhood of the government would say like, you need to leave, they just kick them out with like maybe a week's notice if, if they were lucky. And they'd have to find a new place and absolutely like, move their whole family, everything, all their belongings, everything like that into a new place that was insanely expensive because they would hire, landlords would hire the prices on them and not let them do things that the Israeli Jews would be able to do. Yeah, they are basically relegated as second class citizens. Yeah. Yeah. The experience of African-Americans in this country is so much different. Um. Probably, I uh, can't, well, it, on absolute terms, probably worse, but still it's terrible either way you look at it. Having a people group delegate relegated a second class because of what they believe or who they are, their ethnicity, their race, whatever, is awful no matter how you slice it. Um. The I guess what would you say would be probably the best solution in the to this conflict? A lot of people are talking about um, a one-state solution where either Palestine gets Palestinians get the country or Israelis get the country, but no matter what, no matter who gets it, a group of people is going to be displaced. So. 
I think that a two-state solution could possibly work if the government, if the, first of all, the borders are even and equal to each other and neither state interferes with the other one. Like we don't need, like say for instance, we split in half and Israel is one country and Palestine is another country. We don't want to have the Israelis come over to our side and be like, hey, we're going to take over again. You know, that's it. This is, this is what we're going to do. We want the whole thing. We need to have it so that the government and the people both understand that they have their own country and we have our own country. And that's the end of it. There's no more fighting, no more interference, no more corruption, no more bombing, no more deaths that are unnecessary. Yeah, I think that's fair, but I kind of interested in what the borders for that would be would it be the 1948 borders before the arab israeli war the first one would it be the 1967 borders after the six day seven day six day war um or would it be something else depends it would be hard to make the borders especially because um you never know maybe one side would be like oh no that's not fair we need we have less or they just don't like the area that they got. So like I'm saying, I, I think that a two-state solution would be best, but I don't think that would ever really work out no matter how you make the borders or. Yeah. I kind of just want to bring up an image. Um, I just want to look up the 1948 is um, borders. Um. The borders of in 1948 had a random exclave in the north of what is now Israel. They had a bigger West Bank, and then they had an extended Gaza, which was very thin but long. These borders are terrible. <laughs> like, yeah. just looking at these borders, it's like, who drew this on a map and thought, yeah, this will work? It, it didn't work. It, it didn't work out, no. Yeah. I think that separate, like, they had sections of Palestinians. I don't think that would work out because the people probably want to be with each other. United, like, you can't have a country in three different regions. Se like, separate sections. Yeah. It's kind of hard to decide borders simply because of how the countries are. And how the region is like like if this is my personal opinion i don't think this will actually happen based on data and polling but like a one-state solution with equal rights for both sides and equal opportunities for both sides would be fine by me yeah. call it israel or palestine as long as everybody's treated fine that's fine by me but based on polling neither side wants that to happen both sides want a two-state solution and at that point, it's like, how are the two-state solution exactly work because of the regions? Would West Bank, would West Bank and Gaza be led by the same government? How would they, how would the West Bank even control Gaza? How would either, would it be both of them are essentially autonomous regions? If so, are they one country still? It, it's really weird. Yeah. Well, that's the geopolitical nerd in me coming out <laughs> that's fine yeah um, israel palestine is one of the many conflicts in the middle east but probably no i can't say it's the longest standing one that would be the shia sunni split that's thousands yeah. of years but it's one of the it's the longest standing modern conflict definitely yeah Um, I guess I wanted to ask on your perspective for the 1948 war, like, I honestly am not sure how I feel about the 1948 war between the Arabs and the Israelis. I was just wondering your opinion on it. I mean, I just think that I understand the outrage of the Arabs because it was a, a different country coming in british coming in saying hey we're going to give this we're going to give the zionists like half of your country 
just because we said so and they want it because of religious region reasons so not even like historical or just religious reasons and so I understand why they were upset about that but then the whole war caused so much it just seemed like majority of this whole situation seemed very unnecessary and ended up in the Arabs losing a lot more than they thought they would and it just I don't think it should have happened I'm too late for that now but like yeah um, 1948 war it seems just un- an unfortunate effect of history. Wars are often un- unfortunate effects of history. Yeah. Um, that one is not an exception. Um, yeah, I really don't know how, what to say aside from that. Like, it's just an unfortunate circumstance. Yeah. Um, there's so much complexity to that specific small region that it's kind of, I mean, it's very easy to talk in long form about the deep histor- thousands of years of history of the region, but at the same time, I'm not sure how important that history is to the current standing of the region. Like you could yeah. go back thousands of years ago as, and say that the Jews lived there. You go back thousands of years ago and say the Palestinians lived there. Like, but it kind of doesn't really matter in a modern sense because thousands of years ago, the Native Americans controlled all of the Americas and they don't have the right to reclaim their land. People are going based on who lived there thousands of years ago. Everything would, this whole world would be very different yeah. Yeah. It's another con another reason why this happens because of the anti-Semitism this throughout Europe during the 1900s. Yeah. Yeah. If and Europe wasn't incredibly anti-Semitic for a large chunk of its history, then there probably wouldn't be a state of Israel. Most likely not, but. That's once again I mean, another hypothetical. Yeah. I mean, there may have been like Zionists that wanted like their own homeland because a lot of them were scattered across yeah. Europe, but it wouldn't have been as bad. Yeah. There are a lot of diasporas for many different people. Yeah. The Jewish history is a tragic one, but that still doesn't excuse them for the things they do today I mean yeah the history of the Jewish people is kind of that the world is kind of awful to them for whatever reasons and it's kind of unfortunate and I've believe that they do have since they're already there they have a right to be there but at the same time that doesn't give them the right to oppress and bomb and commit war crimes and break international law against the people who used to live there or still live there but um, or the people that's has have lived there that makes sense yeah i don't I understand like they have had a horrible, they have had horrible history, especially in Europe with World War II. What happens to them is like, World War II is absolutely terrible. Yeah. But at the same time, like what they're doing is not, I mean, not to that extent, because like they're not having concentration camps and gas chambers and that's like a whole horrible, that's if they started that that would be terrible but um they're hurting people or oppressing people because of where they're from i think after looking at many instances of this in history and how wrong this is i think they should kind of realize that hey let's stop doing this because 
this has happened so many times with random people with like various people in various races and it never ended well so let's stop yeah it comes from a point of dehumanization really um like the like the israelis from what i get pretty much dehumanize arabs and see them as lower than them which is another source of why the conflict lasts on because they see it as why should the arabs get any land they're we're better than them we deserve this and that's a poor standpoint to look at it if you want peace in any sort of manner but the israelis don't really want peace because peace means they can't keep taking one land And they even try to control, like I said, the land that they're not even on, like the Palestinian, Palestinian land. Like um, my mom, since she was born there and raised there, she has a Palestinian citizenship, so do I, and my sisters. So we cannot go through the um, Israeli airports like Tel Aviv. We have to go through Jordan and then take a bus across Jordan and through like a little bit of Israeli territory into the West Bank, where my family is, where we stay. And there's always the soldiers there. Like once you, at every checkpoint, they check all of your bags. They stop you for questioning. They put you through metal detectors, everything like that. And the entire time, as usual, they have the guns on you and they check like your passport. And at any moment, they can either tell you, we don't want you here, go home, go back to America. Why are you coming here? or they can take away your passport for no reason other than they just felt like it that day, they were in a bad mood. They just wanted to bother you that day. Or they can make you stay waiting at the checkpoint for as long as they want, just as long as they show you like, oh, I can do this to you. Like you can, that's it. You're gonna have to deal with this just because I said so. Yeah. It's a similar process to how, uh, I guess, to bring in America, America again. Sort of a similar process to how some police officers dehumanize the people they deal with. Like I have an experience with, uh, I have a little bit of experience with that. It's like they view the people they deal with as lesser than them, which makes it very easy to just treat them poorly. It's the same sort of idea. When you dehumanize a group and when you dehumanize a group and have history of bad relations with the group, it makes it so that it it doesn't it makes it so that it's easy to just be like, oh, they're awful. I'm going to treat them the same way. Rather than saying like, oh, they're human, they're different, but I will respect their differences. I feel like just like a small thing like them respect like treating Arabs or like seeing us as treating like Hassanians as kind of equals to them or humans pretty much I feel like there'd be less violence because if you think about it when I see like the headlines that say um this many people are dead and then on such like children are dying too defenseless children that have nothing to do with any of this that makes me insanely upset because I see my people obviously as human beings other people see Palestinians as human human beings. But when soldiers like the IDF, they see that it's like, okay, just another like Arab. One less one less thing that we have like one less Arab person we have to get rid of. One less Arab that we have to like move out. Like that's more room for us to be in. Yeah. The IDF is a major problem. Especially since a lot of um, the IDF, you have if you're an Israeli citizen, you have to serve. Yeah, so they it's have mandatory young conscription. People, it's mandatory, and so you have young people having like the guns and all this power and pushing people around. It's especially younger people that are rude and disrespectful. They put those. They put them at the checkpoints because they know that they'll probably be more hostile with us, and they'll be like more eager to hurt people or question or like bother us hmm. in a way. yeah i get it i get it 
yeah some of that probably stems from the fact that some of those people don't want to be there but they have to be so they just try to have fun with it and fun in a military sense is ruining other people's days and lives Mm so yeah i mean if any other countries had like mandatory military like even if there isn't a war you have to go and serve in the army yeah south korea has that mainly because they have a crazy people they have a crazy country on their border yeah north korea is not a the fact that north korea still exists is surprising yeah but that's a topic for another day Like, I'm trying to see exactly how the situation progresses towards the future, and I don't really see a good outcome for the Palestinians unless there's some major changes in Western policy. But for that to happen, Western people need to care, which is why the sort of very unlikely attention that it's getting now is important. But even so, those still in those still in like that actually hold power in governments still support Israel. So, like, without question, in the real country that matters. I mean, it, Italy is a nice ally, but the United States is who we really want to be with. Gonna have to be a change in American sentiment, which. As we all know, American sentiment is kind of not uh, changeable, or at least quickly changeable, generally speaking. But yeah, like you said, the Palestinians, like, I doubt that there's going to be any change or no, like, major change in anywhere in the future because we're just not supported or backed by anyone like anyone big in the world and it's just i guess we're kind of i guess majority of people other than like this once this dies down which i hope it doesn't i hope people can like continue speaking out about this and fighting against the soldiers that are hurting them but if this dies down it'll just be back to usual with nobody talking about the Palestinians and all of us dealing with this in silence because we're used to it. Yeah. And I don't think anyone should get used to a genocide. Yeah. Um, the Palestinians are very similar to Native Americans in that sort of way. Like, um, there was this study that came out from the United Nations back in 2018. It said Gaza would be unlivable by 2020. It's currently 2021. Gaza's in an awful spot. So um, the UN study back in 2018 said that I believe 99% of Gaza's water was contaminated. Yeah. So they rely entirely on humanitarian aid at this point for anything for people to live there. And the um, Israelis block most of that off. Like they're not allowed to have their food supplies are cut off. The water, like I said, is contaminated. And yeah, it's basically like you said, an open air prison. Yeah. Um, two million people. Yeah, two, almost two point one million people. It was, yeah, it's like there's not much to say aside from the fact that it's terrible and it needs to stop. What actions do you think that the United States should take into this situation? I feel like after seeing a lot of the, a lot of the footage of soldiers hurting the Palestinians, I think they should stop using our taxpayers' money 
to fund their armies and their defenses and everything like that. And if they insist on doing that, maybe try helping the Palestinians a little bit too. But if they don't want to, like I'm saying, like don't fund them if they're using their if they're using that money to hurt another state or country or another people, another group of people. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people once they like realize that their money is being used to hurt. I mean, some people might not care because it's like Arabs, nobody cares. But I feel like some people will probably be kind of upset that $3.1 billion or $3.something billion is being used to kill innocent people. So I think they should stop that. And I feel like if they're not, they should try maybe aiding or thinking about being an ally of Palestine, which I doubt they would do because they're an ally for Israel, but yeah maybe think about yeah talking is, about them like is, israel receives 3.3 billion dollars in u.s taxpayer money 3.3 that's a that's a lot of money um let me compare that to the israeli gdp the israeli gdp is 394 billion dollars oh never mind um that is an extra billion that they use pretty much for military spending. Yeah. It's it's weapons and aid and stuff from the world's most technologically advanced country. Israel actually didn't really get, just looking at this, this is an observation I have. Israel really didn't get hit much by the financial crisis in 2008, which is surprising. No, because majority of them with my family that like, my family telling us how they're very strict with the mask, mask and like social distancing. And with COVID protocols, they made sure that nobody, the contamination was as low as possible. So they could reopen their economy as fast as they could and Uh, not lose from COVID. Like they, the majority of Israel is vaccinated. Yeah. Like vaccination was completely mandatory, and with um, quarantine and everything like that, like here people self quarantine. Like nobody's really checking in on the people to see like, oh, have you quarantined for fourteen days after you've like went from state to state, or if you've gotten COVID, nobody's checking to see if everyone outside if they have COVID or not. But there, when they had like lockdowns, they had soldiers at like streets waiting to make sure that nobody was leaving their homes that if you had covid you'd be watched to make sure that you actually quarantined and you like kept with the protocols that you were supposed to masks were supposed to be on at all times when you were outside there was like no no like bsing anything yeah so they were to get rid of to finish with that soon I am honestly not sure how I feel about that sort of policy. Um, I usually feel like individual liberties go over like that sort of thing, but I can't deny that it is the most effective way to do it. It's just in an American situation from an American point of view, it's like that seems kind of nanny state-ish. In which it's like that's a little concerning to an American, but to other countries, it's probably normal. A lot of other countries have like very strict quarantine, very strict masks. masks yeah. Like- and they got over way quicker and way more effectively. They I'm denying that. It's just kind of odd that countries can just do that because America doesn't do that stuff like ever. Yeah. Weird to see if it's Disney World, like <laughs> during the pandemic. So yeah, it just opened, and it's like, huh? I was like, <laughs> really? Cases are spiking. Guess what? You can go to Disney World. Yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> it was kind of funny, but like bad. Yeah, I think a large chunk of that it goes to the fact that most countries with effective uh, responses are unitary, while the United States is federal. The United States has to organize 50 completely different state governments in order to go towards one goal, while Israel is just like, okay, I'm Israel, I'm going to do this. Yeah. As much. a unitary government, it's sort of a difference. In that. 
as well as the fact that the United States is society is a very individual individualistic and very freedom based and that makes it much more difficult to organize as strict lockdown considering different states have different views on what that means and what they want to do for that um there are many pros and cons to a federal system versus a unitary system that is one of the cons one of the benefits is that the that people from New York aren't defining the general life policy of people in rural Nebraska. But anyway, that's a completely, that's another side topic. Yeah. That is debates without an answer because most political debates are debates without an answer. It just depends on how you look at it. Something that I've learned really, I've learned to appreciate differences and realize as long as you're not disagreeing on the fact that is, I mean, Palestinians or black people or insert minority group here are human beings. I think we can be fine. <laughs> it's just yeah. a disagreement on economics policy at that point. That's another side topic anyway. Um, I don't really have a question to ask. Do you have a question to ask me? I guess. Um, I'm not sure. I feel like we talked about every aspect, so. Yeah. So if you somehow got to the end and didn't listen, a shortened version is that Israeli war crimes currently are bad. The history is very complicated. Well, the, not very complicated. The history is complicated, stemming back to the early 1900s. Um, colonialism is essentially the causal factor of this happening. And the Palestinians have a right to self-determination. Pretty much, yep. Also free Gaza. There's no reason why two million people should be trapped in an open-air prison. Are, like, are you kidding me? That should, I'm pretty sure that's a war crime in of itself, but... I'm not sure. Um, do you have any closing remarks on the issue? Because I guess just don't just use this as like our situation as an activism thing. Like a lot of people use with like the Black Lives Matter stuff. Like they don't really care. They just wanted to post just to be like, oh my God, look, I'm so yeah. cool. Like, oh, I posted for Blackout Tuesday instead of- Wow, I'm so cool. Like, no. But um, yeah, so don't just use this as an activism thing. Like you actually care about the lives of these people that are being hurt and killed, then like post about it and talk about it and help us, I guess. But yeah. yeah. And also don't use this as an excuse to be anti-Semitic. Also, this is not the Jewish people. This is not every Israeli, this is the Israeli government and the people this is that are the half of Israel that is extremely right wing that also happens to control the government. Yep. Yeah, I guess that's it. All right. Um, I guess for my closing remarks, I'll be I'll reread through these statistics. Um, if you ever want to claim this is a current two sided issue, I'm going to read through these numbers once again for the people who didn't decide to listen, decided to go to the end. Listen. Um. 120,286 injured Palestinians from 2008 to 2020. 5,887 injured Israelis since 2000, from 2008 to 2020. 5,590 Palestinian deaths, not from the, those are from purely military aspects. Those doesn't include humanitarian aspects like Israel denying aid and such versus 251 deaths from Israel. 200, I mean, 2,747,953 Palestinians currently live in the West Bank. There are currently 600, around 600,000 Israeli settlers in the West Bank. There are 2 million Gazans who live in Gaza, one of the most, one of the most densely populated regions in the world. 
um Gaza is essentially an open air prison where people cannot leave with um or get the supplies they need to survive there um Israeli military operations caused a 41 percent increase in poverty the UN released a report on this that Israel's continued military operations um if Israel stopped doing military operations on Gaza the poverty rate would have fell would have gone down to 15 percent Currently in 2020, it was 56%. Um, and 58% of the West Bank, which is Palestine's claimed territory since 1967, um, is currently occupied by the Israel, Israeli government. Um, and um, yeah, please don't say this is a two-sided issue because it's not the current times. You could say that it's complicated historically, sure, um, but currently it is not complicated. It is a one-sided conflict where the, there are people trying to defend their lands and their right to exist in their homeland. And then there's another group that is removing them. And if they refuse to be removed, killing them. Gaza is an example. So please don't do that. On, please keep talking about it. It's a very important issue. Um, don't just leave it into the dustbin of act of performative activism. And um, don't forget about don't please don't dehumanize other people. I mean seriously, whether it be Republicans, is Palestinians, Israelis, Jews, any people group, when you dehumanize them. You already lost. You already lost the the dehumanizing others is the worst thing you could do. Um, thank you for listening, and um, I will see you guys later.